G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This is Sunday Morning Together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. It's Father's Day today. Happy Father's Day, dads. I hope you have a wonderful day today. And a couple of dads here in the studio. I'm one. And Sean W. Smith is the other. G'day, g'day. How are you going? Very good, thank you. Happy Father's Day. Well, and same to you. Thank you very so, much. Just paint a little picture. What does Father's Day you know, in, in your household look like? How many kids you got and mm-hmm. what normally happens? It's a very special day, Father's Day. It's the one day that I get to celebrate myself and my kids celebrate <laughs> me. And, uh, no, I'm and just you kidding. soak it right up. I soak it right up. It's even more important than my birthday because on my birthday, I just do what the kids want to do anyway. So Father's Day, I feel like, is a pretty special day. But, uh, hey, it's not really about the gifts and presents in our house. It's more just spending time with the kids. We've got two beautiful kids, Tyson 10, Taylor 8, and uh, my wife, Rena. She's amazing, and uh, they always spoil me. And uh, usually food. I like food. So what sort of food? What does it look like? Oh, ribs, chips, and coleslaw. Oh, for breakfast? Oh, not for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> That's lunch. Oh, okay. For breakfast, is probably pancakes. It's a, it's a carb-heavy day, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. It only happens once a year. That's right. Only that's once right. A year. That's All good. Right. Well, it's wonderful to have you part of uh, Sunday Morning Together once again. We've done this before, about, yeah. but we've done it at distance where you've been at your place in Adelaide, but you're here in the studio uh, this time. So um, thank you. It's wonderful. No, it's great to be here and uh, glad that we could do it. I see you brought your guitar there too. So yeah, we might whip that out later on. But maybe you can do a version of uh, Listen to Your Dad. Stop and Listen to Your Stop Dad. Stop and Listen to Your Dad. Because for those who don't know, Sean has this song. And it's called Stop and Listen to Your Mum. And it's full of great advice, particularly for boys who are doing things that they shouldn't do. And mum comes along and says, stop doing that. <laughs> That's pretty well it. <laughs> I just wonder, was it written by you or your wife? Uh, it was inspired by, I went to visit uh, a good friend of mine and I watched their children not come when they called them. And I thought this would be a good song. And uh, yeah, just kind of boom from there. And I found out they were not the only people that were working through that. So yeah, yeah stop and listen to your dad hasn't made it around yet. I feel like because the mums wouldn't play it. Uh, so no, I'm just kidding. Of course they would play it. I think it's probably the dads that would play it too much, isn't it? Probably. Well, today's the day we can put we can lay that track down. Yep, you know, and put that out as an international release or something. <laughs> this is Sunday morning together. Thank you so much. And uh, as you can hear, I'm going to battle through this today. Got uh, picked up something during the during the week, but I'm fighting fit. It's just that annoying thing, and it mm-hmm. must be must be terrible for someone like yourself as a as a singer and a performer. When your throat goes, what do you do? Maybe you can give me some advice. Wow, well, I think you tell more stories. <laughs> Less <laughs> and, singing. Uh, you stop. You stop the song in the middle of the song to say, "I've always wanted to stop it right there," and then uh, grab yourself a drink of water and keep going. It is a little awkward, but uh, hey, we push through. We make it work. Well, I got myself a cup of tea here, so hopefully that that's going to help. This is Sunday morning together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. Look out! He's got the guitar out. Uh oh. Uh oh, something's going to happen here, and I understand this is going to be a little different to what we normally would be doing on Sunday morning together at this time. But it's Father's Day, and we're going to do something to, I don't know, make the dads feel good about themselves. Is that a good way to announce this song? Yeah, I think so. We want the dads to know we we understand the pain that we you get. experience throughout the year. 
And here's the opportunity to kind of just put it all together and celebrate that pain together as men. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suspect you might uh, you might recognise this tune, but the lyrics are a little different to what you probably are used to. So, Sean W. Smith, Father's Day tribute. Let's take it away. Goes a little like this. One, two, three, hey! Oh, that's what I like about you. You're a handsome guy. Even though you're overweight, out of shape, we can all see what's inside. Yeah, we can. Oh, we're gonna keep on whispering in your ear. Tell you all the things that dad wants to hear, cause it's true. Daddy, we love you. Hey! Oh, yeah, I hear the dads. They're smiling. Come on, dads. Come on. That's what I like about you. You're a funny guy. You seem to tell the worst jokes around my friends and embarrass me all the time. Yep, we're pretty good at that. Ah, oh, yeah, we're gonna keep on whispering in your ear. Tell you all the things that dad wants to hear, cause it's true. Your daddy, we love you. That's right. like about you you're a handy guy when mommy says mow the lawn fix the door wash the dishes clean the floor change the saw change the saw oh my goodness that's so many things all at the same time that's right gonna keep on whispering in my ear tell me all the things that dad wants to hear cause it's true your daddy we love you all right. All right. Yeah. That's good. Uh, you've had a camera going at my house by the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think so. I think that uh, this is just a pretty general thing that happens across uh, dads all around Australia when mums or wives or children just have got a lot of jobs for them to do and they need to be done yesterday. Yeah, that's good. Thank you so much. We might get you to get the guitar out again a bit later on, but we're going to switch gears pretty shortly and uh, take communion together. So. This is a little bit of a gear shift here. How should we best prepare ourselves for communion? Because it can be quite a solemn thing that we do, and we just come off the back of something that's quite fun. Yeah. How do we make that transition? I think that's a fantastic question. You know, for me, I think uh, the great thing about the Word of God is that uh, God is, is someone who deeply loves and is so deeply intimate with us, yet part of his nature is joy. Part of his nature is satisfaction. Part of his nature is hope. It's peace. It's walking through all these things. And so, you know, for us, communion is a time of reflection, yes, but it's a time of celebration too. Mm. It's a time of great joy in that God so loved the world that he gave his son so we could be made right with him, and that's worth celebrating. Sunday morning Sunday together. Morning together. Across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. We do this every Sunday morning, give you the opportunity to join with others around the country. So I just invite you right now to just consider, you know, you can see your surroundings. There's a whole lot of people around the country just like you, maybe in a similar situation. Maybe they're driving their car, uh, maybe they're outdoors, but we're all together in this as we do this quite significant thing together. And that is to stop, remember to look inside and examine ourselves and make a declaration about the, the future, that Jesus is coming again. That is communion. And my guest this morning and co-host is Sean W. Smith. 
I'm trying to figure out how best to describe you still, Sean. You know, kids entertainer, you're a, you're in ministry, you know, helping parents, you're a great communicator, and I know you'll lead us well this morning in communion. So it's over to you, mate. Absolutely. Thanks for the privilege of sharing. Good morning, everyone, and uh, happy Father's Day to you, and uh, thanks for the privilege of coming around communion. You can grab your elements, and I uh, just want to share with you uh, a really simple thought from the book of Colossians chapter 1. This would probably be one of my favorite passages of Scripture, and um, it says this in Colossians 1, chapter, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 12. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be a partaker of his great inheritance. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have been redeemed by his precious blood upon the cross. And even we have been given the forgiveness of sins. And uh, I was reflecting on this verse. And as we come around communion today, you know, communion is a celebration of God's incredible great love for us where he came as a man to pay the price for our sin, to redeem us, to lift us out of the miry clay, to lift us out of the darkness that we found ourselves in of sin and to redeem us and place us and transfer us into the kingdom of your son. He literally rescued us when we couldn't be rescued and he took us and gave us what his son rightfully deserved and he freely gave it to us. And I, I reminded of this, of incredible, the incredible generosity and great love of our Heavenly Father. And this morning as we come around communion, you know, there are so many wonderful things we can reflect on. But when we have an understanding that God has delivered us from the power of darkness, communion is that sign that Jesus' blood is our covenant that has delivered us from the power of fear, from the power of worry, from the power of striving and straining and trying to be all things and realizing God has qualified us through his son, through the blood of his precious son. He has called us and adopted us into his own family. So I want to encourage you, whatever you're going through this week, whatever your challenges you're going through in your life at the moment, to remind yourself, God has redeemed me from the pit of darkness and he has transferred me into the kingdom of his dear son. And as we take communion, as we take the elements this morning, I want to encourage you to remind yourself of this. God has redeemed me. God has redeemed me. So why don't we take the elements and let's pray. Father, thank you for the power of your cross, for the power of the precious blood of your son, Jesus Christ, that has given us hope and redemption, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you have lifted us from our past, lifted us from our failures, from our fears, and you have set us free and brought us into the kingdom of your son. We thank you, Lord, for the love and the blood of your cross that has got the power to forgive sin and the power to redeem and restore our lives. As we take communion this morning, we remember what you've done and we celebrate it in Jesus' name. Amen. Sunday morning together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. My guest is Sean W. Smith today on this Father's Day, father of two yourself. I'm a father of four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're different stages here, Sean. We're a little ways ahead of you. Yes. You've got two kids, it was two under 10, wasn't it? Yep, that's right. So uh, our, our youngest is 20, just about 21, three married and uh, and one still living at home. So it, it, I know everybody says this all the time, but it's so true. Time goes quick. Yeah. Time goes quick. I've heard that a lot and uh, I can actually second that. 
actually go back often and uh, in my travels, look back at the photos. You know, you can go back 2018, yep. 17. And I just look at how much they've grown. And then I look how much I've grown. <laughs> but it's so beautiful. And, and, you know, I think making memories is one of the most beautiful things about, you know, having your kids and just prioritizing, creating special moments. And yeah. Father's Day is one of those. It most certainly is. You know, I don't think there's anybody who gets to the end of their life and goes, you know, I wish I spent more time at work. Mm-hmm. You know, they usually say, I wish I spent more time with my kids. Yeah. You're doing the important stuff. So today's a good reminder of that. It's a good opportunity for us to lean right in and be part of that on this Father's Day. A very special day. Um, now, before we get into telling your story, that's coming up over the next 60 minutes or so, but um, what's happening in your world at the moment? Are you uh, doing any touring or events or what's going on? Absolutely. I am on the road at the moment up in Queensland for a week. I've been doing a few schools ministry up here, so I've got a real passion for ministering to primary school age children. So I've been doing a few concerts there and uh, do a fair bit of ministry in churches, uh, parenting ministry, um, marriage, you know, leadership stuff and things like that. And uh, so I've been up here doing some work, and then I'll be down in uh, Melbourne next week, over to New Zealand the week after. Oh, wow. So kind of right back into it again, speaking, ministering, and Arena, I've been uh, recording some parenting uh, modules, so really excited to be releasing that in the time to come. So Parenting modules, this is like a tr- some sort of training thing, right? Yeah, kind of walking people through some of the big questions people has as a parent and kind of navigating that and what does that look like, and yeah. So I well you you're you're actually making the manual that should come with parenting by the sound of this. <laughs> I we know all that. know it doesn't come with a manual. <laughs> it doesn't come with a manual. I know. Could you imagine how good, how valuable would that be? Here's your child, and here's the manual on how to run them. <laughs> Trouble is, most of us wouldn't read it. <laughs> that is probably true. <laughs> That's all good. All right, now let's get into a little storytelling. Learn a little about who is Sean W. Smith. I'm sure there are people listening. You know, some will have perhaps uh, heard you speak or. Yeah seen you perform, others are going, oh, I've never heard of this guy. So where did it all, be- all begin for you? Where were you born? Oh, 1983, December the 20th, Fremantle Hospital in Western Australia, where Sean W. Smith came to life. Oh, well, there uh, you go, 1983, I remember where I was. <laughs> <laughs> so true, it feels like a long time ago now, I turned, well, I'm 39, turned 40 this year in December, and uh, I was just reflecting, going, you know, it's amazing how quickly time just flies by, but I'm so grateful um, to have uh, been around some good people in my time who have helped shape me and mm. get to know our great God and uh, lots of great things have happened and I'm excited about the next 40 years. What was family life like for you that you were born into? You know, when I was um, very young, my parents uh, both, uh, my mum came from like a kind of faith-based family, but my dad didn't. Um, my parents, uh, my dad were business, my dad owned his, owned his own business and was going through a very difficult time. Mum and dad just had a really, really rough time in their life. Mum was on major antidepressant medication. Dad was drinking every day. Um, They loved us, but I think that their marriage was falling apart. Mm. And uh, there was a precious lady at my mum's work. Uh, Her name's Loretta. Always be grateful to God for Loretta. And uh, she invited my mum to come to church. I think she saw the pain in my mum's eyes and Mm. invited her to come. And she came and just had an encounter with the love of God. You know, sometimes in a worship song, you can just sense God's love. Sometimes you can be in, you know, uh, out and about and just looking at nature and you can sense God's love. And she went to a church service and just, she goes, I just felt the love of God, Sean, like I've never felt in my life. And she made a decision to really follow Jesus and really commit her heart and her trust to him. And and the gospel made sense to her. Mm. And uh, within three weeks, my mom's life had completely changed and that changed my whole family. How old were you? I was about six years old. Okay. 
Do you remember much from that time? I remember moments. I don't remember a lot. Um, I remember moments, and I remember being about seven years old and deciding to give my life to, to Jesus. I remember where it was. I remember walking down the front, everything. And so I do remember the impact of my mum's decision had upon my dad. Mm. And I well, it was going to be my next question. How did he receive this new woman who came home? Oh, he's very skeptical. Uh, he, 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 didn't, he thought it was too good to be true. Uh, and so, but after about three weeks, you know, when you've lived with someone who's really struggled with depression for a long time and you see them change and they're not on their medication anymore. And, and there's like, it's, this is very confusing and mm. perplexing. So my dad came to church and, uh, you know, that's what miracles are supposed to do, right? It draws people. That's what Jesus did. He used miracles to draw people so he could share the gospel of the good news. And uh, my dad came and had the same encounter. And he's like, God, I want to know if you're real. And I think that's the biggest part. You have to come to a place in your life where you actually want to know mm. if God is real. And um, God uh, had an amazing encounter with my dad. And my parents, ever from there, they just got a revelation of God's love and raised my brother and I. And I'm so grateful for their influence. So it wasn't that long after that. I mean, you were six when your mum came to the Lord, yep. seven when you did. Do you, what yep. do you remember of that yourself? How did that happen? Oh, I remember being in a school gymnasium and the pastor of the church that we were at um, got up and he preached and he asked if anyone wants to give their life to the Lord Jesus and ready to turn away from, from you know living for yourself and commit your life to trust and follow him, stand up and come down the front. Back in the day where you stand up and mm-hmm. walk down the front and I remember going, that's what I want to do. And I think uh, obviously seven, I was young, but you know, at seven years old, you're not stupid. Uh, you can watch and observe and see things. And so I'd seen the change of my mum and dad, and I just decided this is what I want to do. And um, I've been living for Jesus ever since. Obviously, I've had a few moments here and there along the way uh, where I've kind of had questions, but I've, I've never walked away from faith. I've you know, never been drunk, never gone out and done drugs, never slept around. I've always chosen to want to do things God's way. I'm sure I've had selfish moments. I'm sure I've been annoying to my mum and dad along the way. <laughs> but uh, I'm very grateful for those seeds and that bring in a lot of the statistics show, you know, the deep impact of a child under 12 years of age coming to hear about the love of God, what an impact it makes in their life. Mm. I love the way you put it just then too, in that you made a decision to stop living for yourself and follow Jesus Yeah, and live for him. Yeah. Because often we get, you know, the, make the gospel pretty complicated. Yeah. But that's really the essence of it, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I, I think I learned someone said something once. He goes, this is not Jesus incorporated into my life. This is Jesus, you get to take over my life, and mm. I choose to live for you. And uh, you know what? It's a bizarre thing, isn't it, to give up your life to someone else. It's, it feels like you lose something. But actually, in the kingdom of God, you gain everything because all that he is and all that he has and all that he has done becomes available to you. Mm. What about your brother? You mentioned you had one younger brother. Yeah, absolutely. My What's brother, his Luke. journey been? Uh, you know, Luke and I's journey has been pretty similar in the sense we're very, very different personality types, uh, but we both uh, saw the difference in my mum and dad, and it was very impactful because obviously, you know, when, when two people uh, have a radical encounter with the love of God, it, it changes what's on the inside of you, and you start treating other people differently. You start speaking about yourself differently, and so obviously it changed the way they parented us. And so my brother and I both gave our life to the Lord very early on in life, and something happened. My brother and I, my mom and dad always understood if you could find something that your kids were gifted and talented in and foster it and show them how they could use it to serve others you will live a deeply fulfilled life. And so my parents got my brother and I mm. both into music. 
And this is how I got into music. My mum and dad really fostered it. And my brother was a phenomenal musician. And him and I, we just used to jam together, play music together. So we spent a lot. I have some of my fondest memories is playing in bands with my brother and gigging and annoying our next door neighbors, probably <laughs> with the drum, the drum kit and the electric guitars in the back shed. But you know what? It's, it, it gave me a sense of direction and moving forward and kind of led me on the path I am today. And my brother's still heavily involved in his local church playing music and being a part of the worship team there. What instrument did you pick up first? Wasn't the recorder, was it? <laughs> you know what? It probably was actually three blind mice. I think we oh, learned how to no. play that. Uh, <laughs> but no, my my dad and my mum banned the recorder in our house. There's only one thing on. worse than the recorder, right? What's that? It's actually a whole room full of them with with <laughs> like thirty school children all playing all at the same time. Oh man, I, <laughs> I was a teach. I was a primary school teacher back in the day. I remember kids coming in. They're like, "We're going to learn recorder this time." I'm like, I forbid it. I'd rather teach the violin than teach the recorder. Um, But yeah, so kind of got into music. I started on the drums. Okay. And my brother started on the guitar. And the thing is, he, um, and then I started picking up the guitar. He started picking up the drums. And we kind of just picked it up and went. But I'd say guitar is my main instrument. And then uh, playing the fool is my second best one. So yeah. I won't comment at all as to whether you do it well. Ring your wife and see what she says. Yeah, yeah. My kids will give you the truth. <laughs> well, it is Father's Day. You know, maybe they'll give you a pass today. They will. They will, I'm sure. Yeah, maybe. So where did that actually lead you? So you've got these passions that are being developed yep. and you've used them quite extensively, you know, throughout you, your life. Yep. Uh, when you got to the end of school, did, did you want to go down a creative path or academics or what? It's a good question. Uh, I got to the end of high school and I was playing a lot, a lot of music. I think I probably was like, I would have liked to potentially pursue music professionally, but then by the same token, I also was like, you know, I, I want to be a good provider and mm. Australia is a pretty challenging environment to be able to create that because the towns are so far apart. Yeah. Um, but I guess I always held on to it um, and I ended up becoming a primary school teacher because I felt like I could incorporate music into what I was doing and I always had a passion for kids. I always loved working with children. And uh, my mum and dad were very good at observing what I my natural defaults were. They weren't so much thinking about money. They were thinking about what's going to bring you great fulfillment. And so I ended up choosing primary school teaching, which was an excellent choice. It taught me great communication skills, organization, which was something I needed a lot of help with. And uh, learning to connect and the music side of things. And that's really where it boomed. Uh, the freedom of creativity in primary school teaching, just seeing kids' love of music and how music's a great tool for connecting a message. And uh, so that's where it kind of started and then started making albums and uh, had a couple of people say, this is really good. Have you considered doing this full time professionally? I'm like, oh, you're just being nice. And had enough <laughs> had enough people say that to me that I was like, I don't think they're being nice. And uh, ended up going down the path. Kurong were like, yeah, we want to uh, Kurong Christian bookstore. Um, we're like, we really want you to, to we're like, we'll support you and help you. And, um, you know, um, organizations like Vision FM, we just got behind and said, yeah, we'll play your song. We'd love you to come in, play some songs in the studio. Schools started having me and that dream kind of came to life and off we went, sold everything, hopped in the caravan. And here we are 13 years later, not in the caravan. So we did 10 years in the van, but uh, 13 years later, still playing music, still shining Jesus and loving it. Yeah. Well, we'll get to the caravan uh, part of the story in just a moment, but Something you've said twice just now is the word fulfillment mm-hmm. and linked to this idea of kind of I don't know, operating in your gifts, yeah. the, the stuff that you're naturally good at. Yeah. And your your mum and dad pointed you in that direction. That's a real key is that a lot of people don't necessarily get that, do they? Yeah. To be able to identify, I think, what energizes your children. 
it's actually I think there's something I've learned a lot in uh, kind of in my journey is that some people are energized being around people, some people are energized by creativity, some people are energized by all kinds of things. And I think if you can find what brings you a spark, even if you don't do it professionally for a living, but it's something that replenishes you. And I think in life, like life is really about energy management. Uh, you know, we've all got lots of things to do, but mm. if you can't manage your energy, you will not find you living a fulfilled life. Mm. But if you can manage your energy well and do things that are fulfilling to you, and I think part of fulfillment is that what you do makes an impact in somebody else's life some way. Rena and I have a saying, which is true success is how many people's lives are better off because you lived. And it's uh, it's something that Rena and I live by, and I'm really, really, uh, it's shaped the way we make decisions. So definitely. Mm, that's good insight. 24 minutes to 10 in South Australia, which is where my guest is from. Sean W. Smith lives in Adelaide these days, born in Western Australia. We'll learn, we learned earlier. Have you lived anywhere else other than WA and South Australia, Sean? I have, actually. I actually spent about three years in Caloundra, not too far from your neck. Well, right. Here. In the, so, on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, on the sunny coast. Queensland. There, before it was, uh, you know, big and populated like it is now. Well, it's in, changed uh, a lot, hasn't it? 98 to 2000, I was up there and went to high school at Calandra Christian College. And that's um, actually where I really got my music fostered big time. There was a couple of teachers at that school who uh, just were very passionate. They had a chapel band and mm-hmm. just it was a fantastic time of my life. And uh, very, very grateful for it. And uh, kind of, I think that's part of what set me on the musical path is having the opportunities, right, to be able mm. to play and use those gifts and talents. So definitely. And I guess they were good role models for you, becoming yep. a teacher yourself. It's true. But then you came to this point, as you said before, that uh, it was suggested you should do this music thing full time, mm-hmm. heard it often enough and thought, we're going to dive in. Yeah. That's a pretty big commitment because you don't go sign up for a job as a muso and have a regular paycheck and yeah. security and all of that. And you and your wife, Rena, jumped into a caravan and, and a car, presumably, but uh, traveled around from town to town for 10 years. Mm-hmm. That must have been I don't know. I'm trying to put myself in your shoes when you set off on that very first trip, you know. You must have been feeling like, well, we're in for either the adventure of our lives or this isn't going to work out. (laughs) Do you know what's interesting? I never thought it wouldn't work. And I think uh, there's something inside of you that is just like, it's like, how do you know that your wife is the one you're meant to be with? I'm like, I heard someone say, "Ah, you'll just know. Uh, And it's like this combination of values uh, attraction, alignment, future, getting along. And it was kind of like that. I felt like music was something I was willing to commit to. And I think part of creating any kind of success in your life is your willingness to commit to the process of becoming who you need to become. And I just knew that being a performer is so much more than having a great song. There's a lot of people with great songs. Uh, but longevity in something is it's you grow in your identity and you grow in your ability to impact people. So I knew fundamentally the thing that would grant me the ability to have a long career in music would be my ability to connect with people, relate to people and help people. And so, yeah, I just was committed to that process and Hey, look, 13 years later, still going, still loving it. And obviously some things have shifted and changed a bit, but so grateful to God for that journey. So what was the whole caravan experience like? If you had to wrap it up into, you know, just a very short little sentence, how would you describe it? I would say caravanning reveals 
to you who you really are, <laughs> living in close proximity to people. For 10 years. But you know what it does? It forces you to deal with your selfishness. It forces you to deal with your pride, with your ego. It makes you learn to say sorry faster, appreciate things, and make make the most of memories. And um, I'm a better dad. I'm a better husband because of it, actually, because- you know, pressure reveals what's really on the inside of you. We all look good until pressure comes. And then, you know, we've all seen people go, wow, I didn't realize they would do that or say that. And you realize that's what pressure does. Mm. And so it's not saying that's who you are, but it's just saying that's what's in there. And we mm. need to get at, get it out and clean it up. And so living in close proximity, definitely we had some high volume conversations at times. <laughs> but you know what? We have a fent. We've been, Marina and I have been married 16 years and we have a phenomenal marriage now. And we hardly ever have disagreements, anything like that, because we just, we just learn to communicate openly with one another. And our kids are amazing. They've learned to just adapt. I think our kids grew up. I don't think they knew what their own bed was, Phil. They'd spent so many times sleeping in different places, but now they're just amazing. They'll just, wherever we go, yep, okay, all good. Well, they'll be adaptable if nothing else. They yeah. most certainly will be. <laughs> yeah. So you must have been everywhere. I mean, she gets your guitar out and gets you to sing that. I've been everywhere, man. But um, is there anywhere that really sticks out? It's like, wow, this is just the best place. We, oh. we enjoyed our time there the most. Okay. Uh, travel within Australia. One of my favorite memories of all time was going up to the Kimberleys in, in WA. Mm. And I went and ministered at a few churches and a few bits and pieces up there. And, oh, just spectacular. Just it's 500 kilometers in between places, but just wonderful. Uh, really, really good memories there. And probably some of my fondest memories in terms of music have probably come from my time here in Queensland. Um, doing some events with certain schools and churches and organizations just that I've built really good relationship with. And it's, I think it's pretty special. You go somewhere. I mean, the, I remember the first time going somewhere where the audience knew my songs. I mean, that's something everyone that's a musician dreams of, you know, yeah. for someone to sing along or an artist that rec you know, someone recognizes your style of painting. And, and so for me, up, that happened up here, Mueller college. I don't know if you're familiar with that, that school. They've been a great loyal supporter of Rena and I for a long time. And, so I, I just have fond memories up here with some of the places I've come. Mm. Now you're actually working with the parents more, more often than not. Yeah, we do a lot of – well, the parenting side of the ministry came through the kids and family kind of performing side of stuff where we realized, um, you know, parenting, like you were talking about, kids don't come with a manual. And, uh, you know, I think the world we're living in right now is becoming increasingly more challenging to raise kids uh, because so many of the morals and values that we as people of faith want to live by are very uh, contradicted in the world of really, you know, being uh, different agendas pushed upon us and in our kids. And so we realize, wow, we have to be very uh, uh, affirmative in, in taking action to make sure we're parenting our kids in a way that honors God and teaching them who they are. And I realized a lot of adults really struggle with, you know, who they are, their identity in Christ and if you don't know who you are, it's very difficult to parent somebody else. It's the biggest issue of our day, isn't it, identity? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So a lot of our parenting stuff, that's, and that's what caused us to go into marriage stuff and leadership stuff, is that it all really revolves around identity, who you are, who God says you are, and teaching people out of that place. Because as a parent, I mean, how many times do our kids do things that annoy one another, annoy us all the time? But if you call your kid annoying, if you call them that enough, eventually they begin to take on that persona, death mm. and life and the power of your tongue. Your kids start, I am annoying. This is who I am. I can't do this. And all of a sudden you realize 
you've you accidentally sowed a harvest and reaped a harvest you didn't want. Mm. And so a lot of parenting is sometimes undoing the old sowing and re-sowing new seeds. And mm. you can do that at any age. It just doesn't happen overnight. Mm. Yeah, well, that's something. We all have that narrative, even if we don't realize it, that's going on in our head and our yep. heart. And often it's influenced by what our parents said or some teacher or, yep. or other person. It's so powerful, speaking words of life over people. So true. So it's very fulfilling. We enjoy it a lot. So yeah, I love doing good. that with Arena. Now, just looking on your website, I see you, you're a pretty big thinker because, or, or, or dreamer perhaps, mm-hmm. because you've got a goal to reach three and a half million families yeah. by the end of this year, I'm presuming, yeah, by what I'm right. reading here. Yeah. And what, what, how does that work? That's a lot of families. It is. It is. It's a, uh, it's a vision God gave me about six years ago. And um, yeah, I think we had touched about half a million people in our first seven years of the ministry. And uh, God really put it on my heart to believe for sevenfold increase, seven times what we had seen. And it was like, it was unbelievable and impossible. Mm. But I just realized for God, it's totally doable. And uh, I'm like, you know what? It'll never happen if I don't dare to believe. You know, you can't walk on the water if you're afraid to get out of the boat. You might sink, you might get wet, but you might walk on water too. And so Rena and I, we've just gone after this with everything we have and to us, it was whether we hit the three and a half million or not was not the point. It was that we're willing to get out of the boat and go. And we know that eventually it might be this year. It might be next year. It might be the year after. But we know that it will come mm. if we'll be faithful and step out. And I think that's one of the things that scares most people is what if it doesn't happen? And I'm like, well, there's a 100% chance it will never happen if you never dare to believe it. Mm. So, yeah. So true. We had a little brainstorming session in our staff team meeting here this week uh, with a scenario and what would you do with these particular things and this particular outcome? Uh, And one or two of the teams actually identified something critical, and that was to start. (laughs) It's it's so basic. So true. So basic. But maybe that's a word for somebody today that there's something God's put on your heart. You just got to start. Step out. Yep. There's so many people, I read their stories, their testimonies of how they uh, created their business or some ministry or some influence or impact they had. And it just started with, they just started with what they had. I love the illustration of the five loaves and the two fish, which is what's in your hand. Mm. Just start with what's in your hand. And I think so many times we, I know I was waiting for all the ducks to line up and all this to be perfect and have the perfect cameras and the content. And you realize You'll never get that if you don't just start with what you've got. Mm, that's so true. I mean, look at Moses. Yeah. Classic example. What did he have? A stick. <laughs> look what God, God did with it. Yeah. Pretty incredible. We're going to wrap this up real soon. Real quick, Father's Day, of course. Uh, you're a father, but of course you have a wonderful wife, Rena. We've mentioned her a number of times. How yeah. did you meet? Oh, uh, Rena and I met at something called State Youth Games run by the Church of Christ. I don't okay. know if you've heard of Yes, I have heard of those, yeah. So, yeah, we went to the night rally. It was dark, and uh, she came and sat down behind me, and uh, she'd been away at YWAM in New Zealand. So okay. I'd never actually met her. I'd heard that there was this girl, Rena, in our, in our church, and I didn't know who she was, and she came. It was dark. I look back, I'm like, she looks pretty good looking. It's dark. I can't tell. We chatted a little bit. She sounded nice. I could tell she loved the Lord. And uh, in praise and worship, I saw her worshiping God with all her heart. I'm like, awesome. I'm going to get to know this girl. And so we kind of were friends for six months. And then, um, yeah, we dated for two, two and a half years and got married. Nice. How'd you pop the question? 
Ah, uh, it was very romantic. It's very unlike me, actually. Ah, uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> how did I pop the question? We, I took her on a date, and then I said, I just need to swing by my house and grab something. And then uh, I had my brother and my sister-in-law now uh, set up a whole bunch of roses and flowers and her favorite song, and nice. the lights were down. And yes, that's how it went. You are romantic. And I wrote a song, too. Oh, you did? I did. Oh. I know. I've written her two songs, one while we were dating, one when we got married and never written one since. So <laughs> she says to me, I owe her another song. Well, you still got time. I've got time. Yeah, you got time. Thanks so much for sharing your story, mate. You're so well. So appreciate it. Now, very shortly, you're going to bring us something inspiring. Yep. That is the best five-minute sermon we'll hear today. Uh, can you give us a little teaser on, on what's coming up? Oh, yeah. You're going to want this. Uh, this is going to be talking around something God's been speaking to my heart about, which is uh, learning to walk in a way that you know that you're pleasing to God and knowing that God is well pleased with you and how empowering it is to live your life knowing that God is pleased with you and what you're doing. Sunday morning Sunday together, morning together. Across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. A son of the West is here with me at the moment, born in uh, Fremantle. We learned earlier on and he's been everywhere man since and he's learned a thing or two as to how to communicate a solid message and no pressure here, Sean, by the way. You've got to put those skills on uh, on display right now with the best five-minute sermon we'll hear today. You ready? Absolutely. I'm ready to go. All right. Let's go. Well, good morning, everyone. And uh, it's a pleasure to be able to share around the Word with you today. And, uh, you know, I want to share a couple of minutes with you around something that I think is very important that each and every one of us, whether we're on a new on our faith journey or still exploring faith or we've been saved for a long time, is knowing that what you're doing is well-pleasing to God. You know, there's something inside of us called purity of purpose. And uh, even when we do hard things, if we do it with purity of purpose, uh, it's something very satisfying to us. Uh, you know, we all have busy lives. Some of us are, are parents, some of us are married, some of us are solo in different phases of our life. But every single person has a destiny. Every single person was born and created with purpose. And that's part of what gives you motivation to continue to grow, to want to get better. And so I was thinking about, you know, why do so many people, uh, you know, struggle in their life? And yes, there are some day-to-day things. There's health struggles, there's life struggles, financial struggles. <clears throat> but one of the greatest struggles people have is the mental struggle of, ah, am I doing what God wants me to do? Ah, is my life pleasing to God? Ah, am I meant to be doing this job? Are we meant to buy this house? And these things, they consume your mind. And when your mind is consumed by these things, it is very difficult to be a great husband. It's difficult to be you know, a great wife, a great dad, a great mom, great grandparent, wherever you are. Even do well in your job because our mind, there's something inside of our heart that's looking for purity of purpose, to know that our life is on a purpose-filled path. And I want to read you something from the book of Colossians chapter 1. And you know, Colossians 1 has so much in it. And uh, I shared around communion around an element of Colossians 1. And I want to share from verses 9 down to verses uh, verses 11. Listen to this. It says, this is uh, the Apostle Paul talking to the church, and it says this, Listen, for this cause, since the day we first heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, we have not ceased to pray for you and desire that you would be filled with the knowledge of God's will for your life, with all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And uh, I remember reaching a certain place in our life and in our ministry where I was like, I don't know what's next. 
Like, what's next? And maybe you're at a stage in your life, you're like, what's next? Maybe you're thinking, do we need to move? Do I need another job? Do I need to, do I need to make this right? Do I make this, forgive this person who hurt me here? Like, what do I do? And I began, the Lord began to show me, I need to begin to declare the same prayer that Paul, the apostle, was speaking over the church, which was to ask and not cease to desire that, Father God, you would fill me with the knowledge of your will for my life, with all wisdom and all spiritual understanding. Father, help me to understand this, listen, so that you would walk worthy and pleasing unto the Lord being fruitful in every good work and increasing with the knowledge of God. And what it did is it helped me realize is that this is not going to happen by default. You're not going to by default increase in the knowledge of God. You're not going to by default live a life that's fruitful in everything that you do unless you ask the Lord for it. Unless you come and say, God, will you help me to grow in my understanding. Help me to walk with wisdom. Help me to walk in a way that is deeply pleasing to you. And I began to speak this over my life every single day, every single day. And after about one month of doing this, I began to find the word of God come alive to me more. I began to find myself hearing the voice of God when I wasn't hearing it before. I began to find opportunities coming to do things. And I sensed a great sense of peace and fulfillment in my heart because it felt like God's word was coming alive to me in a deeper way. And the final verse in verse 11, it says, And I pray that God would strengthen you today with all might, according to his power within you, that he would enable you to be patient, with great joy. And I realized today, one of the great keys on this journey when you're praying and asking God for clarity and direction is that God, you would ask the Lord for strength, which is the ability to have joy and to be patient while you're waiting. And I want to encourage you, you're well-pleasing to God. God loves you today. God has great purpose and plan for your life. And all we have to do is to be willing to continue to thank God for what he's done. Thank you, Lord, for helping me grow in wisdom, open my eyes so that I can be well-pleasing to you. And this is how I've learned to grow in my faith and seeing God open amazing doors for me. This simple prayer from a Colossians chapter one. Let me pray. Father, thank you today for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your great love for your people. Father, I ask for every single person here today on the call. Father, will you help them? Lord, open their eyes. Let them hear from you. Father, as they begin to pray and confess this prayer over their life, Father, strengthen them with all joy, with all patience, Father, that would enable them to live a life that's well-pleasing to you. God, I bless each and every person today on this Father's Day. Be with them and help them in Jesus' name. Amen. Sunday morning together. Across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. A couple of dads here in the studio, myself and also Sean W. Smith, uh, who's got a couple of young kids under 10. So uh, I guess the Father's Day presents that you get are probably different to the ones that I get. Yes, you're in the good phase of Father's Day presents. Your kid's a bit older. <laughs> well, I'm in that phase. I don't so much bring presents anymore, but they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll put on a nice meal or we'll do something, something nice together. But... Under 10s is a little bit different. 
you get some pretty fascinating gifts. I mean, some some years I get incredible gifts. I'm blown away. As they're getting older, their artwork is getting better and better and better. Um, but I do have a gift that comes to mind that was pretty fascinating. Uh, I think not too long ago, my daughter, Taylor, well, she's not my daughter. She's our daughter, my wife and I. And uh, she gave me a pair of socks with like rainbows and unicorns and pink princesses <laughs> colored in and drawn on them. And she said, How old was she? Uh, I think she would have been around about six or seven. Okay. And this was a big <clears> theme. <throat> unicorns were big. I don't know if unicorns were big if you had daughters, but uh, unicorns were big. And uh, anyway, she's like, Daddy, you need to wear this out now. Uh, and you need to put these on and wear these to church. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I went to church with my rainbow unicorn and princess socks colored in. And uh, you know what? I was the proudest dad ever because, uh, you know, what? I guess you get to a point, don't you, where you just don't care what anyone thinks. Yep. They say in your 20s, you kind of care. In your 30s, you start not to care. In your late 30s and your 40s, you really just realize no one was thinking about you at all. So I'm kind of entering that phase now, which is pretty cool. Okay. All right. Well, you never know. You might get some, I don't know, matching gloves or something this year. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a princess hat. Apart from being here to be part of this day... You've also been here recording uh, some uh, audio and video items with Vision. Part of that is for Vision Kids. Absolutely. It's been a lot of fun being in the studio today. Got to meet a whole bunch of the team here at Vision and uh, just see the incredible effort and energy going into uh, the new kids uh, app and uh, the radio 24-7 kids and family content. Unbelievable. You're one of the friendly voices that kids will hear on there and your music as, as well. But I understand you've been putting together some kind of little short devotions and, and things like that. I have. I've been in the studio and uh, having a lot of fun recording some things and having some fun and sharing some thoughts and uh, some intros and uh, definitely excited about this and definitely for my kids, for my kids as much as well as for everybody else's. Yeah. So this is kids 8 to 12 is what Vision Kids is kind of targeted toward or catering for. Very easy to access. Just open the Vision app and uh, click Vision Kids. There it is. It'll it'll play, or you'll find us on other major streaming platforms as well. I mean, what what kind of excites you about it, Sean? I mean, you've decided to lend yourself to this, if you like. You know, actually be part of this. Lots of things that you could say no to, but you said to, yes to this one. Why? It's a good question. Uh, you're right. I do have lots of things I could say yes or no to. The reason I chose yes to this is a I love the heart behind Vision, which is uh, it's about infusing faith into families and helping families to experience God's best in their life. And I love that about vision. And I also know that, uh, you know, as an organization, you uh, don't just say things and not follow through. You do them. And uh, that's one thing I really respect about this this organization, which is why I wanted to be a part of it. I knew that if I came in and recorded, that it would go out and it would make a difference and it would touch people. And, you know, we love Superbook. Our family love that. And, uh, you know, I think any tools that can equip our parents to raise world-changing kids. And, you know, our kids, we've got to feed our kids' spirit. Um, one of the devotions I just did recorded today was on feeding your spirit. And, you know, if we feed our body three hot meals a day, then we've got to also feed our spirit. And there's just, you know, to find content uh, for our kids to be able to plug into that's great and wholesome. And you don't have to actually think as a parent going, oh, my gosh, is this okay for them to listen to? Like, mm. I can't just let my kids watch YouTube. They have to come and ask me what they're going to watch because there's ads, there's stuff that comes up that I just, I don't know what it's going to be. So Vision Kids Radio is just a phenomenally parent-friendly content that's going to encourage your kids and help you with your, helping you with raising them. Mm. And if you've got kids or if you have you know grandkids or you know people with kids, 
get them into this. It's very easy to do through the Vision app or vision.org.au or, as I said, other streaming platforms like iHeartRadio and others. Just look for Vision Kids. It's right there, and you never know. You might hear Sean W. Smith, as you, you never do. know. Yeah. Sunday Morning Together on Vision Christian Radio. And we're just about at the end of our time together on this Sunday morning. Phil's my name, and my guest this morning has been Sean W. Smith. Been so good to have you with us, mate. Pleasure. Thank you so much for coming in, telling us some stories and inspiring us this morning. It's been really good. Now, I wonder if you might be able to uh, lead us in something that's quite significant, that is to pray for our nation. There's so much that, you know, when you think, gee, what should we pray about? It's almost like, where do we start? So true. Big things going on at the moment. Uh, You know, I see the Prime Minister in your hometown of Adelaide earlier this week announcing the date of the referendum on the 14th of October. So that's a massive issue for our nation, but there's plenty of other things going on too. Absolutely. Well, uh, we know that God loves and God cares and uh, God uses people to uh, outwork his plans and his purposes. So absolutely, let's pray and uh, be my privilege to do that. Father, we just thank you so much for your great heart for your people. God, we thank you that you see all things. And Father, you know the beginning from the end. And Lord, you have called and appointed many mighty men and mighty women, Father, and calling them to raise them up to outwork your plans and your purposes. Father, we ask that you would help, Lord, men, women across this nation to rise up with strength, to have clarity with wisdom. Father, I ask that people's understanding would be open to see you. Father, I ask for people in places of power, in politics, in business, Father, in education. Father, that you would open new doors. Father, for your word to go forth. Father, we grant, uh, we ask for favor for your servants, Lord, in those industries and those arenas. Father, grant them favor, Lord, and help their voice to be heard. Lord, we declare that the works of the enemy has uh, sown to stop your word going forth. We declare, Father, that those things will prosper not, and that, God, that your word will prosper, and your word will go forth, and your plans will prevail. Father, we give you thanks for our leaders. And we thank you, Father, that you are raising up new leaders, Father, who will walk with godly righteousness. And we thank you, God, for great, great outpouring of your spirit in this nation. Your kingdom come, your name be glorified in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, be it unto us, we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, thank you once again for uh, being part of this uh, special Father's Day edition of of Sunday Morning Together. Any, Any final tips, you know, from... A dad now, you've got 10 years' experience under your belt. What's the biggest thing that you've learned? The biggest thing I've learned about being a dad, about being a human, is uh, walk with humility and speak life over others. Mm. And uh, if you'll do that, God's favor will open doors for you that you will be blown away by. Oh, that's good advice. Thank you, Sean. And if you want to know uh, more about Sean W. Smith or uh, you know, get hooked into any of his music or uh, maybe even invite you to come and speak or be part of Absolutely. something that's happening in your area, Sean, that's with S-E-A-N, SeanWSmith.com. Very easy. And I guess if you, you Google even the other way you spell Sean, it'll still probably, you'll probably find me. Yeah, you probably still find me. Or you'll so. find my, my long lost cousin, Michael W. Smith. <laughs> that's a whole other story. We <laughs> won't go there. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate you. Absolutely. You have a wonderful day, and I'll catch you again next week for more on uh, Sunday Morning Together on Vision. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.